there were so many people. There were incredibly obnoxious and rude, I'm assuming 40 to 50 year old men sitting to the right of me just slamming their growlers down onto the table with every beat of the music. Holy fuck, I wanted to smack somebody. Hello, beautiful neurodivergent humans. I am doing something totally unlike me and recording this podcast at 8.23 p.m., (laughs) which I guess is what can happen when you are properly medicated. Um, For those who may be new to the show, hi, I'm Jamie. Um, I am your fellow master of occupational therapy, so it's going to be a solo episode today. Maggie will likely be back uh, next week. So today we are talking about um, sensory processing when you have ADHD and autism and or autism. So a lot of people talk about things like hey, I've got sensory issues, or um, you may not have ever heard the term sensory processing. It may seem like a big fancy term um, that people use to sound pretentious. (laughs) It's not. I'm going to break it down and why we may um, process our environment differently than those who are neurotypical. So first of all, let's talk about what sensory processing is. When, hang on, speaking of sensory processing, I had to take my headphones off because the, it just felt really weird. There's no reason for me to have my headphones on if I'm not recording with Maggie. (laughs) So sensory processing is the way that we understand our environment and the way that our brain understands our environment. So to put it into perspective, if we are in, say, say you're at a crowded, loud concert, right? So you're standing at this, in, in this crowded, loud concert. Now there's a lot of people around you. There may be people right up next to you because it's really crowded. Um, the music may be really loud. The lights are really shining, or maybe there's like a strobe light. Um, you can smell the booze around you if you're at one of those types of concerts. You're always picking up on sensory information from around you, okay? So, for instance, a neurodivergent person in that environment, I'll speak for myself anyway, I used to love concerts. I don't know what the fuck happened, (laughs) but I really can't stand loud, loud noises anymore. So, if we we may find ourselves really enjoying the music, the beats, um, the lights, if it's if it's bright in there, maybe the dark. Anyway, our body and our brain is always picking up sensory information around us. That information is taken into our body, goes up to our brain, and therefore we understand our surroundings. Now, when people are talking about different sensory needs or sensory processing, what that means is those of us with a neurodivergent brain 
process our environment differently than those who are neurotypical. This is not good. This is not bad. It just is. Okay. So speaking of, of sensory needs, I had to fidget for a minute. Um, so what this means is take two people, person A and person B, person A, uh, let's say that they are neurotypical. They're at that concert. They're having a great time and the music isn't, I just realized I did not put my phone on do not disturb. How many times am I going to do this guys? <laughs> I apologize. Oh, okay. It's officially on do not disturb. Um, so take person A, they're neurotypical. They're at the concert. And they're enjoying the music. They There's a lot of people crowding around. Maybe they're uh, pretty much like arm to arm, jumping up and down, maybe even being pushed forward, especially if you're at like a rock concert or they have mosh pits and things of that nature. Okay. So a neurotypical person may be in that environment and not mind it or enjoy it. Okay. You could also take person B. Let's say person B is neurodivergent and they are sensory avoidant. We're going to talk about what sensory avoidant and sensory seeking both mean. Sensory avoidant means that the stimulation from your environment, whether it be sound, uh, smells, um, touch, that you become overstimulated, overwhelmed, maybe quicker than somebody who is neurotypical. What that can look like is, say, person B is neurodivergent and also at that concert, okay? They may be feeling really, really overwhelmed with how loud the music is, the vibrations of the drums, of the guitars, of the speakers. They may feel very, very overwhelmed by the amount of people that are, one, in that environment, and two, especially if they're rubbing up against their arms, jumping up and down, a lot of that uh, tactile input, right? So somebody who is sensory avoidant is going to want to get away from that environment. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope so. Don't worry, I'm going to get into a little bit more too. Now, let's say there's a uh, person C. Person C is also at the concert. They are a sensory seeking individual. They're also neurodivergent. Now, an individual um, that is sensory seeking is going to really is going to possibly really enjoy that loud music, the vibrations, not mind or enjoy that there's a lot of people in the in the room and that they're getting a lot of tactile input from the people who are next to them, jumping up and down, you name it. Okay, so that's a very simplistic overview of what sensory processing means and what it can look like in different people. Now let's break it down a little bit farther. You can be a neurodivergent person and be both sensory seeking and sensory avoidant <laughs> for different things. I will take myself, for example, I am absolutely sensory avoidant when it comes to loud noises. Um, just this past weekend, we went to an Oktoberfest in September, which makes no fucking sense, by the way. But I was at a at an Oktoberfest, and um, there was incredibly loud music playing in the tent. There were so many people. There were incredibly obnoxious and rude. I'm assuming 
40 to 50 year old men sitting to the right of me just slamming their growlers down onto the table with every beat of the music. Holy fuck, I wanted to smack somebody. I could only take that for, I don't know how long I was there. It felt like an eternity. Um, I have to ask my husband, honestly, because, you know, when you have ADHD, time is a a challenging concept. I probably couldn't – I don't think I was there for more than 10 minutes before I told my husband I need to leave before I fucking lose it. Now, that is because I am sensory avoidant when it comes to loud noises, okay? But when it comes to tactile input, I am sensory seeking. I – enjoy sitting here uh, cross-legged, what do they call it, like crisscross applesauce, um, in my office chair, which they, I just found that they make um, office chairs for neurodivergent people where you can like kneel in the office chair. That's a side tangent and I'm probably going to impulse buy one. But anyway, I'm sitting here crisscross applesauce. My elbows are pressed into uh, my thighs. My hands right now are clasped together before, and I didn't even realize it was happening. And I also fidget a lot in my seat. So I'm getting a lot of tactile input, tactile just meaning like touch, um, from different places. So I am sensory seeking when it comes to uh, tactile input. I have a weighted blanket that I sleep with every night and it helps to reduce the fidgeting um, because I have the both hyperactive and inattentive type of ADHD. So you can be both sensory avoidant and sensory seeking with different things. If you find that you become really annoyed out of what seems like nowhere, Ask yourself, is there something in this environment that's really pissing me off? A lot of times before we even realize that our beautiful, wonderful, very capable brains work differently than neurotypicals, we don't even realize that sensory processing is a thing. If you only wear really comfortable clothing. I'm also one of these people. And you can't stand the feeling of... a tag on your shirt or a zipper pressed up against you, or if your jeans are just a little too fucking snug for your comfort, you could also be um, sensory seeking and avoidant in different ways um, for the same sensory uh, processing. Okay. Let me, let me try to, let me back up and try that again. For myself with tactile input, I am sensory seeking when it's something like hugs or dancing or um, sitting cross-legged. So there's a lot of input from my arms to my legs. But I'm still sensory avoidant. I have um, difficulty wearing clothing that is too tight, that is scratchy, that is just uncomfortable. So I will avoid that type of clothing at all costs. I have to fidget again, guys. Um. So we as neurodivergent people have different sensory needs. We learn differently because of this. Some of us really require that auditory input or sound to be able to learn and understand something. You may be someone who enjoys the sound, like listening to a podcast, 
and get overwhelmed if you're also reading the words. I am also like this. It's too much input to hear the sound and see the words at times, um, unless it's something I'm really, really, really interested in. Um, In that case, I'm typically pretty good with just the auditory. Anyway, we have different sensory needs, and this contributes to our different learning styles. So if you find that when you were in school, you were just bored to tears and you couldn't attend to the lecture or the class because it was simply done via auditory, via talking, the teacher just simply explained things and taught you using words and their voice. You may not find that to be stimulating enough, um, which is going to cause you to, you know, wander off uh, mentally (laughs) and not absorb the information. If you're someone who typically learns in an auditory way, um, if you're given maybe a PowerPoint and only a PowerPoint, that also may not really resonate with you. The information may not stick because... That's not how your brain processes new information. So what I want to do is one, normalize that we have different sensory processing. We have different sensory processing needs. And when we have a better idea of what our body reacts well to, we can adjust our environment so that we can learn new information, so that we don't feel overwhelmed, so that we don't feel underwhelmed. Because when we are understimulated, we also um, seek input. What this can look like is eating food when you're not even hungry. This can be because your body is really, really overwhelmed and it's seeking that dopamine and serotonin that it so desperately wants. So therefore you find yourself elbow deep in a bowl of ice cream. I have been there. (laughs) You could also seek that ice cream for for the completely opposite reason. You're bored to tears and your brain is craving that stimulation and dopamine because you're understimulated. So therefore, you also go for the ice cream so that you get that input, um, the cold touches your mouth. Um, you also get the dopamine release from the sugar, etc. I hope this is making sense. If not, <laughs> please let me know in one of our Facebook groups or somewhere so that I can explain it better. I really want to normalize that the way that we learn and the way that we process our uh, surroundings is different from other, maybe from neurotypical people. It even differs from neurodivergent person to neurodivergent person. What I want to tell you is that you're an incredibly capable, beautiful human being that is intel- that is there is nobody more intelligent than a person that is neurodivergent. There's nobody more capable. And when we realize what works for us, we can tailor our environment. I want to share some things that could be helpful for you if you find that you're sensory seeking or avoidant for different things. Um, quick tips. You may find after uh, a few hours that your hair touching the back of your neck drives you insane. Right now, I can feel it. It's driving me (laughs) up the wall a little bit. I keep trying to tuck those baby hairs in the back into my bun. A tip here, literally 
put your hair up in a bun. I know we try to have our hair down um, because we've been taught our entire lives that uh, it looks more feminine and blah, 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 blah. And that's how we should wear it for dates, for work, for whatever the fuck. What I want to tell you is that when I came to the conclusion that I would rather be comfortable than give a fuck what somebody else thinks about my hair, I started wearing my hair up more often. And guess what? It made life a lot easier. It made work a lot easier. It made connecting with people easier because I wasn't constantly thinking about how I wanted to pull my hair, how I wanted to uh, get it off of my neck, and how much it was bothering me. So that's a tip small tip. If you're, you find that you really, really love certain pieces of clothing, but they're not comfortable. And you find every time you're wearing that certain shirt that it's just, you can't think about anything but that shirt the entire day, but damn it, it's cute. I want to give you permission to not wear that shirt anymore. (laughs) Give that shirt to a friend that you know will love it, that can stand how scratchy it is at the tag or the zipper or whatnot. Love that piece of clothing and let it go. It's okay. And give yourself permission to buy clothing that isn't driving you up a fucking wall. Because again, if it's constantly driving you insane, you're going to find yourself really overwhelmed, having a hard time focusing, and it's not going to be in your best interest. So let me just give you permission there. Just get rid of the fucking uncomfortable clothes. Um, If you find that you really have a hard time with loud noises. Um, If you've listened to this podcast in the past, you've probably heard me say a million thousand times that noise canceling headphones are a part of my everyday life. Um, Maggie got some when she got her newest member of the family, Cosmo, which is an adorable rescue dog. Um, Because Cosmo was, uh, Cosmo and his um, siblings were, They were a challenge in the beginning and making a lot of noise and Maggie couldn't fucking stand it. And, um, therefore got some noise canceling headphones. It changed her life. And she's like, oh my God, I can see why you preach these to everybody. (laughs) I think everybody needs a pair of noise canceling headphones. Um, I even recommend it to the moms that I coach. I'm like, listen, if you're If your kid is in your line of sight, it's okay if you have noise-canceling headphones on so that you don't lose your shit. (laughs) You're still an amazing mom. You're actually an even better mom because you're not going to lose your shit on your kid now. So if you um, are sensory avoidant when it comes to loud noises, get a pair of noise-canceling headphones. You can get a pair for, gosh, I know Maggie got hers for, they were under 50 under $50, I believe. They may even be closer to $30. Um, there's different brands you can get. You don't need to get an expensive $300 pair. Maggie actually prefers hers to my expensive ass pair. So get yourself some noise canceling headphones. Now, if you find that you actually need that input to be able to focus on, say, your homework or a mundane task, you can actually pair uh, a preferred task that's like uh, listening to a podcast or um, watching a TV show, getting that input, which can help you to focus on your task at hand. As long as it's not too distracting, you're going to find that there's different, um, there's different things that you can listen to while you're doing certain tasks. For myself, I can listen to um, a really interesting podcast if I'm doing something that's monotonous, like washing the dishes. But I can't listen to a really interesting podcast if I'm doing something like um, 
creative work, something that takes my attention. Maggie's different. Her sensory processing, as far as auditory, um, she can listen to podcasts while she's doing her really creative design work. We're different in that way, both neurodivergent, um, both very capable brained, but different. So you may find that you do better listening to a soundscape, um, listening to music that doesn't have words. That might give you just enough stimulation that you need to focus on your task. The key here is to know that you can modify your environment. And by modifying your environment, it's going to make life easier. Um, modifying your environment does not make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a weird person. It just makes you a fucking person. So let's normalize that we have different sensory needs, which can maximize our daily life. Um, as far as smells, let's go into the next sem- uh, sensory thing. Smells can sometimes be really overpowering for us neurodivergent people. Um, I know for my husband, he can't stand uh, like a strong perfume. I I don't wear perfume for the most part around him um, because it just bothers him and it doesn't make him a bad person. Um, It just bothers him. There's other people who may um, attend to a task better if say they have a scented candle going or um, maybe some essential oils in a diffuser. It gives just enough input to be able to focus on a task. Um, Play. My recommendation is to play around with different environments. Think really critically. Um, If you find yourself getting overwhelmed, ask yourself, why am I getting overwhelmed? Is this something that's going on in your life or is it something in your environment? Um, You can find that... um, even though you love the people you're around, if you are in a conversation for too long, you may start to feel overstimulated. I know that I do. I strategically um, talk to my talk to my people for not more than a couple hours, and that's a really good friend if I'm on the phone for that long. Um, because if I am engaging in conversations for longer than a couple hours, I know I'm going to start to feel overwhelmed, and um, It's going to be overstimulating for me. So play around with that. Uh, Figure out what your sensory needs are. Think about ways that you can modify it so that it maximizes um, your productivity and your energy. There's going to be things that you find that are aggravating the shit out of you and you didn't even realize it's because your sensory needs weren't being met. So be kind to yourself and play around with that. And I would love to know what you find works for you and doesn't work for you. It's always really interesting to hear from different neurodivergent people what helps them to focus, what helps them to calm down um, because we're all different. And even though we all listening to this podcast likely are neurodivergent. Our brains are very different from one to another. So my friend, with that, I want you to think about what your sensory needs are. I want to hear your ahas in both of the Facebook groups, which I will put in the description of this episode. There's the Outsmart ADHD Facebook group, and there's also the Facebook group for Be Unemployable. Okay. If you would like 
to check out my services, what you can do is go to outsmartadhd.co and there you're going to see an option to um, get a trial of my services. All right, my friends, until next time, have a beautiful week and we will talk to you next time. Bye.